0: Welcome
1: to the cave. cave. <laughs> What's up, James? How are you? I'm good, man. How you feeling? You? I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really good, too. I just spent um a lot of time in the sauna and it was wonderful. Okay. And when I came out, there were two women here. And literally the last thing they said was, oh, this is going to be such a great podcast. And apparently they spoke to our guests. I went outside because I was like, if I speak to the guests off air, I'm going to not have like the right questions, I guess. Okay. I yeah. know you know his story.
0: I do. I, well, I know a little bit of it. You have said it's incredible. It is. It's pretty fascinating. And uh, so Trevor's here. And tell us, tell us
2: about yourself, Trevor. Hey, guys. Uh, first, thanks for having me. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to Thank share my you. story. James, thanks for inviting me. My pleasure. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. I used to have Crohn's disease. Uh, suffered with that for most of my life born in Canada, suffered with that as a kid, moved to Florida, you know, from Canada to United States, was always sick. Um, Didn't really understand what was going on. My mom took me from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor. When I was 12 and we came to, to Florida, I started really getting sick. And, you know, I was going to the bathroom all the time, bleeding, stomach, couldn't gain any weight. My brothers, always been healthy like a horse, the most athletic, fastest, strongest person everywhere. But I was always, you know, really small, really skinny, really weak, really sick. So it was really confusing to me. Um, so around 11 years old, I started getting really, really sick. And I started going to the doctor and they weren't really sure what was wrong with me. They were running all sorts of tests on me. You know, I went from 115 pounds then down to like 70 pounds just like a skeleton and the doctors basically said you know let's do all these tests and see what you have and they determined I had
0: 70 pounds yeah
2: 70 pounds just skeleton
1: how old were you
2: about 11 I think I was around 11 years old 11 12 years old at that time it is. that's wild
1: yeah and uh,
2: I, <laughs> that's I a was a big drop. yeah I was missing school all the time I was always sick and um, you know, I was just frustrated. My mom was frustrated, and, you know, we couldn't figure it out. So they said, okay, you know, we think we know what you have. You need to have surgery because I had – I was having stomach issues, but it was presenting down there on the bottom. Okay. <laughs> so uh, they said, oh, you know, I think we know what you have. Let's go ahead and have surgery. So I said, all right, well, what am I going to do? Have surgery. You're the doctor. So I had surgery, and for an entire year, I wasn't healing. Couldn't sit down you know what it was, was the surgery they thought i had hemorrhoids oh
0: shit yeah
2: so they cut they did a lot of surgery down there
0: that's
2: and wild yeah and yeah, i didn't such know such a young age too yeah i had no idea man i had no idea and it wasn't healing sits bath, sitting in hot water you know i couldn't every time i sat in the car i have to sit on the donut you yeah. know?
0: i i, I honestly, i've never had hemorrhoids i don't know what aren't they like it's terrible yes but so how do you mistake that
2: because they just didn't know what was causing that to happen. You could have problem. internal
1: also. Yeah. But it's terrible. It's a terrible feeling. Yeah.
2: So it's caused you know, it's getting caused by something. You know? well, what
1: is that? Like I it, don't wanna get
2: that one. <laughs> <laughs> so right, so that's a good that's a good question, right? So it wasn't actually hemorrhoids, it was just the 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 presentation of the symptoms of Crohn's disease, which they later figured out I had. So for a year, it sucked. I couldn't really go to school. Or, you know, I'm in the school. I'm out of school. I'm not healing. I'm going to the doctor. I'm having colonoscopies in the office. No sedation. Like It was just some barbaric stuff. So a year later now, they say, okay, we think we know what you have. You got misdiagnosed. You actually have Crohn's disease. So and, go,
1: Crohn's disease, explain for people who have no idea what Crohn's disease is. It's, it's chronic. You know.
2: So Crohn's disease is chronic inflammation of your GI system. It can present in different parts of the GI system. Usually in your colon is where it's at, and so mine was always presenting in you know from past the small intestine down to the large intestine down to the lower part wow. of my colon, and um, it was just really painful. You know, going to the bathroom twenty times a day, blood. Um, as soon as you eat, going to the bathroom. As soon as you think about food, you go into the bathroom. You drink something, you're going to the bathroom. Just constant pain. You know, hot water bottles on your stomach area, you're, you know. And you can't
1: eat a lot of types of foods, right? You have to limit like what kind of foods you're eating.
2: Right. So at that time, I had no idea.
1: Okay. So you're just eating yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, I'm,
2: I'm older now. I'm 40. I just turned 43. Okay. So this mm-hmm. is 30 years ago. You know, yeah, the doctors yeah. didn't really know much, you know. Um, so they said, okay, you have Crohn's disease. Um, what we can do is, you know, give you this medication. You can start taking these pills, and this should help. Well, what about the food, my mom asked. You know, my family's from South America, Guyana. So, you know, they're, they're into food and nutrition and stuff. And the doctor said, literally, the food has nothing to do with it. Really? This is probably hereditary, and the the medicine is, all you can do is take the medicine.
0: The doctor told
2: you. Yeah, so the doctor said, and... Um, and
1: where was this?
2: This is in Orlando. Okay. Yeah, this is one of the top doctors at the time. And um, so... You know, I just wanted to get better. I was already yeah. suffering for an entire year, you know, just, you know, can't play sports. You know, I I couldn't go hang out with my friends. You know, I'm just like this patient. How Hell long did that
0: happen? Like, how long did it take for you to get to that point? Like, did, were you feeling like a little sick at first or just did it just like kind of So,
2: you? so I was born premature in Canada and I was kind of always behind the eight ball. And so... I was just sick all the time with stomach problems, stomach problems, stomach problems, down there, just hurting, just always having problems, but it was never really to the point where I couldn't live my life, you know, as a kid.
0: Were you taken seriously? Like at 10 years old, like every kid is only stomach hurts. Like
2: oh yeah, like, like my had- mom, she like, me and my mom were really close and she knew that I was, there was something wrong, we gotta figure yeah. it out, you know? So went to the doctor, went to a year of that, you know, just struggling. And he said, okay, you, you have Crohn's disease, you know, and that was like, that was like an extra kick in the gut, you know, like you have this disease, there's nothing you can do about it, your body's broken, you're defective, you know, that made me feel even worse, you know, and um, so I said, okay, this is what I have, hopefully I'm going to take this medication, I'm going to start feeling better, and it would, I would feel better, I would get worse, I would feel better, I would get worse, and this just continued, and When I was about 15 years old, I said, you know what? I'm probably going to die from this. You know, I'm not going to live a long time. So it changed me.
0: There was no cure, right? No, they didn't even understand. No. No. That's
1: a long time to have, like, pain, to be living with pain in in a situation like that. Yeah,
2: and even since all the way in the beginning, they said, you know, if we just take your colon out, your large intestine, you're not going to have any problems. And I'm like. No, that's the last thing I want to do. Yeah, is take wild. parts of my body out. You know, oh like <laughs> there has to be something else. You know, and then I'm looking at my brother over here, and he's just like, Don is just built like, you know, wow. wonderfully. And I'm over here like, struggling. You know, so it just went on for a while, and really, it changed my connection to everything. I thought I was gonna die. You know, I said I'm gonna die. So who cares what I do, how I live? You know, I was living that street life. Like I didn't care. I had no. I didn't feel bad about nothing that I was doing, and um, you know that that kind of changed. And I graduated high school and stuff, and I was playing baseball. And you know, I moved to Tampa to go to school.
0: So you were, so they kind of got it under control for you a little
2: bit. Yeah, it was it was under it was managing, but I was still struggling. Like you were
0: able to play baseball.
2: Yeah, like like I had to know where every bathroom was everywhere I went. Yeah, you know because I might just have to run to the bathroom. Yeah. You know, I eat oh. some food, back like to
1: football Oh yeah yeah, he ran out to the locker room
2: <laughs> yeah, I just I just never knew.
1: So you say you like turn to the street life, you would get in trouble, I guess, you, like not necessarily doing the right things. What triggers the mentality to want to change because I'm sure that contributes to how you're feeling also
2: yeah, so I went to I went to college in a USF in Tampa, and I was there for a year, and it was the first time I really had freedom. So I was, you know, not going to class, really just partying still, you know, like really partying and just still struggling with my health, <laughs> but still partying. I'm like, I want to try to enjoy life and have fun. And it was like, I mean, holding in, not going to the bathroom for like five, six hours, you know, and just like struggling mm-hmm. and struggling and hiding it from everybody. Nobody, none of my friends knew what was going on and
1: nothing. How does that deal with like in the, in the heat? Like, being in Florida, this Crohn's is it um, It makes it worse. It makes it worse. Oh, yeah. I could imagine. Yeah. You that's a go good question. You got to all the time, and it's, like, really hot outside, and it's just, like, you're already uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, that's so true, man. That's wild. That, that's a fact. So I was there for a year, and I, fail, I, I failed out of school, you know? And then I came back to Florida, um, to Orlando, and I was just trying to figure it out, you know, kind of knocking around here and there. And... um. And I said, uh, you know what? Maybe I'm not gonna die from this. You know, I'm kind of still struggling with it, but I'm kind of having a little kind of balance now to my life. But I'm—I was still struggling, like big time, you know. And I got to the point sometimes where I said, you know, I'm just gonna stop going to the doctor because I'm tired of just doctor, doctor, dealing with it, dealing with it. So I would take some breaks of going to the doctor, knowing that I'm hurting myself even more. But the doctors weren't really helping me. You know, I go to the doctor, they give me this prednisone. And that would knock it down right away. I'd get IVs and stuff. Okay. And then it was like I would go into these intervals three months, I'm okay. Six months, I'm struggling. I'd go back to the doctor. It was like this cycle. This cycle started,
1: you know? Did you feel like it was getting better or it was just like being put off? or
2: It was just, the, it was really just the same. It wasn't getting to the point of as bad when I was 11 or 12 years old. So they were trying all these different medications. You know, one Absolutely. medication to the next medication to the next medication. It was,
1: it, but it was never at any point, like, manageable. It was always, like, you, even if you have three months, it's like you know it's coming.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, I like something had happened, and I know it's coming back to yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah. I was always in a flare.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd always be on edge. If, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, if it goes away, I'd be skeptical. Like, oh, shit. Like, when, you know?
2: Yeah, and, and not only that, but living like that had me really edgy, moody, you know, I, was, I wasn't I was a happy person, you know, because I was always, you know, like, this is my main thing. Like, I go to my girlfriend's house, spend the night. We'd wake. I wake up 2 o'clock in the morning. She'd wake up, like, the bed soaked from me sweating because I have an infection in my body. Yeah. You know, and she has to change the sheets, like, all the time. You know, it's like, what's wrong with you, Trevor? Oh, you know, I'm not feeling good. Oh, you know, and I really just, it was an embarrassing thing, you know, especially going to the bathroom all the time. I would hide and go do stuff. And it really just continued like that. You know, it, it got to a point where, you know, I told you I really didn't care. I thought I was going to die, you know, stuff like that. I had an attitude like nothing could kill me because yeah. this is going to kill me anyways. You know, I was working at a major theme park in Orlando. And um, which one? I'm <laughs> not going to say which one. I'm not going to say. But we I was, need to know, Trevor. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> yeah. But I was working at a major, a major theme park, a major theme park in Orlando. And I got in a, uh, I got an argument with my coworker. And um, she basically was trying to tell me that I needed to, you know, get to work and stuff. And it was, you know, a morning, it was a concession stand, and there's really nothing to do. You set it up, you wait for the guests to come in. But she was going through something that I didn't know about. And I wasn't having anyone going to tell me Mm -hmm. what to do, right? I'm like, I'm not taking nobody like that. So um, she kept pushing and kept pushing it, and I just kept blowing her off. I had just got the new Nokia cell phone. (laughs) I'm playing with my phone, waiting for the park to open. The park opens now, and she's... uh, really pressing me like oh you need to get to work and it somehow escalated into her wanting to fight me
1: damn
2: yeah and i'm like first of all i'm not gonna fight you i'm at work and second of all i'm a dude like what am i gonna fight you like it's not gonna make sense right yeah. so she goes oh well you know if you don't want to fight me i'll just go get my gun and shoot you She buggy. yeah and i was yeah. like and yeah, i was like, like, like theme park
0: wait what's yeah. this, this is co this coworker. Here? Coworker,
2: worker yeah so <laughs> now the park's open
0: Okay. People are walking around. <laughs> the
2: park's what? open. The park's open. <laughs>
1: open for
2: real. It's open, and uh, so she <laughs> she goes. I'm gonna get my gun and shoot. And I said, Go ahead, go get it. I'll be right here. Damn. But I wasn't scared of nothing. So and
1: why?
2: Because I thought I was gonna die anyways. No,
0: no, no. Why did she say that? Like, what? What was the argument? About?
2: It escalated. It escalated be- be- because I wasn't gonna fight her. So now she said she she basically was trying to scare me
1: because she was trying to tell him to go to work. Like she's going through some shit and pressing him.
2: Yeah. And, and I wasn't taking her serious. Like, first of all, you're not even my supervisor. Yeah. We're at the same level. <laughs> and there's nothing that there's there's nothing for me to do except for wait for the. We've worked together for like six months. You know, like, don't put your problems on me. No, you know, word. so it's, a lot of people do that yeah, yeah. And you know, I was young. I was only 17, maybe 18 then. You know, I was really young. She was like 17 so um so now a girl i was dating (laughs) she comes in and she's like hey trevor how's it going i said oh good this girl's bugging she's on the back for something crazy damn so she's like what (laughs) i said she said she's about to go get her gun and i'm like laughing i'm like yeah whatever so she goes to the back and then she runs to the front and she's like trevor she's got her gun she said she's gonna shoot you oh Um, no and i'm like all right tell her to bring her ass out here then." damn tell her to come out here with it so then she comes to the front with her gun and she walks through the door and she points it at me. And she, and she oh, like wow. has it down like this. And it looked like an old rusty 380. She pulled out yeah. a barrel oil, man. So I look at it and, I, and, I, and she goes, what's up now? And I just snapped. And I just snapped. And, snap. and I was like, you know what? All this stuff I've been through, this girl ain't going to try me like this. So I take the gun and I put it up to my head. Well, and I look at it and I say, you better shoot me. Because if I ever see you again, I'm going to kill you. And this is going down at
1: a theme park. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Zero. I didn't say SeaWorld. <laughs> I
2: didn't say see <laughs> C- I didn't say one. One. But uh, she said yeah, Disney.
1: I didn't say Disney either. <laughs> and um,
2: I didn't say Disney either. So uh, uh, so, so gets real really Disney, James. <laughs> so anyways, um, so she looks at me now and, you know, and I'm, I'm not playing. Like, I'm serious. So, like, I'm, I'm ready to snap, right? So uh, she, she's looking at me and she's probably thinking, like, this dude's out of his mind, you know. So she just, like, backs down and she just goes back into the back. And she goes and she puts the gun somewhere, and they like it gets crazy, you know. It, it gets crazy, but um, that's the kind of stuff. The next week, I got another situation where I was driving with somebody. The person that was in the car with me. Got into something with somebody driving where they thought he was trying to say something to him. I get out of the car. I got a sawed up shotgun in my chest. Oh nah. Yeah. Because yeah,
1: in Florida, they just packing all the time.
2: Yeah. So I, I definitely thought that time she was gonna shoot. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, so I, you know, I had basically told her, I, was, I talked my way out of that. That one. it was
1: another girl with a shotgun. Yeah,
2: that's crazy. Yeah, I saw her shotgun, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I talked my way out of that one. I was like, this these girl, chicks in Florida bugging. I was like, she definitely, she about to shoot me. Damn, she's not playing right now, you know. So I talked my way out of that. <laughs> but you know, that was a constant thing with me, life or death situations, you know, and it just happened over and over at different situations, and my life really was on a roller coaster like that, you know. And it got to a certain point when I was about twenty. 23 I moved to Canada for a little bit I was up there and you know I just really got lonely and I came back I was born in Canada I, I came back
0: so wait at this point um, your stomach is pretty much yeah pretty I silly. mean I was in
2: Canada struggling going to the bathroom every time I went okay. to the bathroom it was just blood you know and I was surprised to yeah I, I was born there you know so I was a citizen of Canada and I really just wanted to get out of Florida
1: yeah you know, in I, that heat and shit That's, yeah i was like you know what I, I need to get out of florida i'm just having this,
2: this bad life down here yeah you know?
1: got shotguns getting pointed at
2: him. yeah i was like i just need to get out of here i just need to go start new get
1: some free health insurance up in canada
2: yeah and free health insurance <laughs> exactly exactly right That's you know? the vibe. exactly right so it was difficult up there because if you need to see the doctor it takes a while so yeah i was still on that cycle three six months three six months so when i was feeling just the worst, the worst, the worst, I would just go into the ER, you know, and then they had to see me in the ER. So they would put me on the pregnant zone again. They put me on this medicine
0: Damn.
2: and, um, it was just a cycle, man. It was a cycle. And then after, you know, I, I was there, I remember I came out of class one day and I walked to the cafeteria and everyone was just standing around. And I was like, why is everybody just standing around? I looked at the TV and I seen the plane going to the,
1: to the oh, twin towers. Shit.
2: Yeah. And it was just, like, the most surreal moment, you know, and it was, it was just crazy. And it just had me thinking about stuff. And then I tried to get back to Orlando. And, you know, I have problems traveling because my last name is Zabar. You know, I look Muslim. <laughs> you know, 100, right? Yeah. So I always try to dress like a brother.
1: Don't, don't Can't catch a break.
2: I always try to dress like a brother, you know, baggy pants, you know, like, <laughs> chain, you know, like, for real, for real. Well,
1: you, you, you grew up
0: in Orlando, right? It's kind of...
2: Yeah, yeah, but I figure, you know what, they're gonna, they're already going to target me as a Muslim, so now me switch, maybe I can pass as, you know, black, right? Okay. So I, that's why I try to travel like that to just kind of slide through and make it easier on my life, right? But, uh, you know, they held me, <laughs> missed my plane, all Damn. that, I was like, man, Can't am I going to get, gonna get back home? It's kind of like now with the corona, you know, like, you don't know what's really going to happen, right? So um, I, I was able to get back home, I get back to Orlando, and so now I'm like, okay.
0: So you're 24 at
2: this point? I'm like 23 24. at this point, 23. No, I'm like, I'm like 24. Yeah, it's like 24. So um, I got back to Orlando. I'm still kind of knocking around for a year. Then I finally say, you know what? I need to do something in my life. What am I going to do? You know, the only thing I know really good is, to be honest, was living that life on the street. So I say, you know what? I can go to criminal justice because I think I'd be a great police officer. I know sure. both sides.
0: I think about that all the time. Whenever I see like you know injustices you know, and co- you know, cops just not doing the right kind of job like they need criminals in the police force because absolutely they feel like they criminals know know the ropes you know what i mean they yeah know what they're the like,
1: like the whole police force is, is criminal <laughs> <laughs> they're all criminals it's yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. crazy. It's
0: no, but I get that. No, I, I completely understand. Yeah, you so, know,
2: I, I really didn't know what to do. You know, did I said you not I a criminal record at that point? No, thank no, God. I okay. uh, you know, so I've you been just with...
0: a criminal
2: without the record. I, I, I I did some stuff. <laughs> I never got, I mean, I did some stuff. I'll be honest. I did some stuff. I never got caught. Yeah, no, you know, okay. I, I was very you're, lucky.
0: You're
2: a kid. I was yeah. lucky, you know, and um, so I said, what can I do? I can go criminal justice. So I switched my career to my major to that. I lost all my friends. <laughs> well, I lost all, lost all my friends, nobody wanted to talk to me no more. I was like, all right, you know, try to talk to my friends about, you know, change your life and stuff like that. And I was just by myself at that point, you know, stop smoking weed, you know, like all this, like literally living clean. And I got to a point where I said, you know what? Maybe I'm not gonna die for this. Maybe I'm not gonna die for this. You know, I, maybe I will not live a long time that long, but maybe, you know, I need to do something with myself. You know, I felt like I was pretty smart. I'm just kind of wasting my life at this point. So for the next few years, I was working on that, you know, working on my degree. My last year, I was 29, graduating. Um, graduated when I was 30 from UCF in Orlando with my criminal justice degree. Did an internship with Target that year. They offered me a store running that asset protection. Um, I did a program with the Orlando Police Department. I got recognized. I got an award from the chief of police. Got recommended to the FBI. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. This is great. Now this is, life's turning You're around. You're feeling better? I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling I'm still struggling. Okay, i'm still struggling you like struggling
1: through it like, i'm like shit done, so.
2: yeah i'm working like overnight at universal studios i'm working full-time at target i'm going so, to school full-time
1: you heard that yeah he
2: said it no i was working at universal <laughs> this is years I was working at universal it wasn't Studio. universal studios yeah. <laughs> so 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 anyways um yeah so i'm also doing this stuff with the police department ride alongs and stuff and i'm like okay so now i'm gonna go to the fbi i got a chance right so I start that process, and I got disqualified because of Crohn's.
1: Damn. Oh, man. She yeah, so I'm no, just, no, I'm no. like bummed
2: again. Why are
0: you telling me the <laughs> <laughs> it Man, and, and
2: I was just bummed. I was just like, you know, like, this is crazy, you know. Like, this is my dream, and now, you know. So I had the job offer with Target, and, you know, I, I told him I'll take the job. But I had met this girl at a, at a wedding here in New York that summer so i actually decided to move to minnesota Dang. and i moved to minnesota we got married i moved in december of that year and then in january we got married and then like three weeks later my temperature was like 103 like every single day every single day and she said you need to go to the doctor and i was so stubborn never wanted to go to the doctor never yeah. wanted to go to the doctor because i was really just avoiding the doctor then i go sometimes i go to the er and um, i went to the doctor and the doctor, they ran a bunch of tests on me, and I knew it was going to happen. Like, I was, he
1: was ready for blood, it.
2: like, pain, OD. everything. And uh, they said, well, we have to have surgery right now. You got to go for surgery. What was the surgery? So I went and I had surgery. I woke up. They took half my large intestine. Damn. I had an ostomy bag.
0: What do you mean? You woke up? They didn't tell you?
2: They told me I'm going to have surgery, but they didn't know, like, exactly like what they would have to what do. What would be done. Oh, shit. Yeah, Did they, you know said, they said, you know, going? we're probably going to, Cut a piece of your intestine out, reattach you, and, you know, you you probably be okay.
0: So how much did they cut out? And how much, how much do you have?
2: Like- you got about six feet. You got a lot. Or so, a large intestine. So they took half of it. And you, you
1: weren't smoking, you didn't go back to doing No, anything? I wasn't
2: smoking weed or nothing. Because doesn't the weed I help drinking. with problems, allegedly? It helps with your symptoms. Okay, it's but it doesn't a, help with the actual? Nah. it it does help with the gut bacteria. It's not a cure at all. It's gotcha. not a cure. I've studied it. It helps with the symptoms. It helps disconnect. It helps with the pain.
1: I've got a friend to play this podcast for named Bruno. Yeah, Justin. but no. My friend Bruno, one of my best friends, has Crohn's and he's and he says smoking like helps him tremendously. And I'm like,
2: there's no way No, no, it does. It helps yeah. if you smoke, it helps you it helps you escape the pain. Gotcha. It helps you disconnect. It
1: sounds like Bruno. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it
2: definitely helps you, but it's it's no cure. So, you know, I had the ostomy bag for like six months. Damn. So changing that, man. You woke it, up with that. Though, yeah. Right? Yeah. So now I'm like.
0: So they didn't tell you you were going to have that on when, when they didn't like prep you for that?
2: No, he didn't. They didn't think that was going to be an option. They thought I'd just have to have the surgery, you know, and, and I'd be able to get reconnected and, and then go from there. You woke up. And you said, so, yeah. So that's what I had. I, you know, I, I looked down, I saw the bag and I'm just like, holy crap. So they said, we did that temporarily in holy six crap. months. Yeah. In six months or so, we'll, you can take the bag off or we'll reconnect you. And I was like, oh, thank God, thank yeah. God. So six months, you know, I just got married. You know, thank God that my wife, you know, was going to be a nurse and she was really understanding she and helping me. It. She helped me a lot. So um, now I'm back to square one. You know, I, I didn't take the job with Target, you yeah. know. Um,
0: and how old are you now? I'm 30. 30,
2: okay. I'm 30 at this point. So now I'm like, okay, let me get through this. And I'm thinking, okay, had the surgery, that's it cut all done. the cut all the bad part of me out. Now I can live my life. So then I just started a healing healing Had the surgery got reconnected. It's another three, four months of just trying to build my strength back up getting back into my field criminal justice, security job, security job, little small job here. And then I got a really cool job. I got the uh, manager of security at the Science Museum, of Minnesota, okay, guest services and security. So amazing, amazing job given private security tours to the head of the Smithsonian, like really cool, so, yeah. cool stuff. And then I had a chance to join the Minneapolis Police Department. And, I, you know, that's my field, criminal that's justice. Crazy.
1: That's a crazy police department to me. It is. And, Especially uh, at this point. <laughs> really,
2: really was. And so I had to lie about my, my sickness. Okay. And I didn't say nothing about it. So I got into the reserves and just kind of get a taste of it, you know, like crowd control, farmer's market, sporting events, you know. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I'm working at the museum. I go to get my master's degree now. I'm working on that. And I get a chance to join the, the sheriff's department as a volunteer. Water patrol. Amazing opportunity. And again.
1: What's that? What's that water
2: patrol? Water patrol. So it's like boats in the summertime. Yeah, like,
1: in, like outside. It's oh, like lakes okay. up there, right? Yeah.
2: Snowmobiles in wintertime. Yeah. So cool.
1: Like okay. the NYPD has it also. They have like the scuba. And it's like they they handle everything on the rivers. That's, yeah.
2: Yeah, it was amazing. I absolutely loved it, and so I'm at the museum now, and it's like 2010, 2011, and I'm kind of deciding which way am I going to go. My health feels amazing, by the way. No Crohn's, no sickness, no issues. Like for the first time, I'm on the streak of just being super healthy.
0: Do you think anything mentally helps you do that? Like you were in a good place, you had a good job, your wife was going. Yeah, for sure. I
2: thought I was past it. Yeah. You know, I got married. I had no kids now. I bought a house. Like things were going fantastic. The dream job, working with the police department. So now I just start focusing on, you know, the job at the museum. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. Uh, one day, I have this guy comes in, comes in, and he's like, "Hey, Prince wants to come see, you know, the exhibit." And I'm like, "Prince, are you sure?" I look at this guy. He looks like he's been partying for like five days mm-hmm. in the suit. And I'm mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, I don't know if this guy's serious, but I take him serious." So we set it all up, and Prince is supposed to show up. He never shows up. So Prince, I tell Prince. yeah, Prince, Prince. So I tell my director, I was like, "Listen," he's like, "What's up, Trevor? I did all this stuff to set it all up. No Prince." I said, "I think this guy's full of shit." You know, obviously he's full of shit. And I said, "You know, forget about this guy." So he calls like two days later. He said, "Prince is so sorry. He's so sorry. He missed it. You know, he wants to come back and see." It. And I was like, "Man, we don't got time for this nonsense. Like, forget about. It. You don't even know Prince." He goes, "No, trust me. Prince wants to come. He wants to come." So I said, "Okay, I go talk to my director again," and. uh I said, honestly, I think this guy's full of shit. Like, I don't think we should do it. He goes, no, you know what, Trevor? I think we should do it. Let's just do it one more time. So it's like a week passes, and he calls me. and says, hey, we're here. So I go down into the the security room. I look at the camera. Sure enough, there's Prince's white limo with the symbol, you know, in the rims. I'm like, "Oh, that's definitely Prince. So I go out there, and I meet him. I take him up to the museum, to the exhibit. It was like three hours we're in there. And um, it was actually one of the most important times of my life because we talked, you know, I went up do his thing for like an hour and a half or so. And then we just talked about life. You know, I talked to him about my life and all the stuff I went through. And I'm just searching for my purpose. You know, I'm just searching for my purpose. And, you know, he talked about himself. And I just said, you know, you're lucky, you know, you found your purpose. You know, you found your happiness. And I'm I'm looking for that. And And he said, you know, not really. Not really. And I said, well, what do you mean? They said, you know, what I do, I do this because people love it. I do this for people. I love people. And he's still searching. He was still searching for his purpose. And that was something that really resonated with me because he basically had everything, anything he wanted. He had as much money as you could ever want. And it really showed me at that point that money isn't a dictator You're of anything. Not. People
1: have the demons.
2: Yeah, it's not addictive. Like, you can have as much money as you want, but money is not dictating your happiness.
1: I have to ask, too, you working in the Minneapolis Police Department with everything that happened in Minneapolis, what's your take on the whole everything? Because, like, <laughs> like, for real, I don't even know where to begin with that. Like, to be able—you worked in the Sheriff's Department, like, in Minneapolis. It, like, you had to be around all of this shit at some point. I mean, I don't know how far back in the time. Yeah, I mean, so
2: when I was but, with the Minneapolis Police Department, I was reserved. That was, like, two thousand and. Nine? Like, what 2010? is that? Like, holy shit. <laughs> so, that's- so, so it, you know, looking back and, and understanding how that police department was, you know, that's one of the biggest departments that pay out every year to people for wrongdoings. I was in Ed's. Is it
1: a big department too? Is it like how many officers are in?
2: It's huge. It's one of the biggest in the country. And they definitely have had problems in that department because they'll do stuff and they're paying out a lot you know um when i was there you know i wasn't with the police department i was with reserves but it wasn't really like it was at that point how it got to you know but there was definitely problems like i know a lot of people that had issues with the police department
1: i mean it's in every department but it's just the irony of like because you very rarely get to talk to any officers let alone officers that that are from that department and it's like like the george floyd thing i mean is the biggest thing to happen, I feel like, of the year, even equally as big as coronavirus, like, for real.
2: Yeah, there was a lot. You know, I know, I knew police officers there, too, and there was a lot of good officers. So one thing about being a police officer is you have a lot of good officers, you know, and then you have a lot of officers that are just doing it for the power, you know, and they just do what they want to do, and they take advantage, you know, but that's not... You know, all police officers got a really black mark when that stuff happened. Let me ask Yay. you something.
0: Like you said, they do it for the power. But Do you think that they learned how to do it for the power while they're in there? Or do you think they became a police officer for the power?
2: I think that there's a lot of people that become a police officer that should never be a police officer. You know, they live the life. You know, they pass a lot of tests. You got to pass a lot of tests. But you can learn to get past those tests. And you can work your way in, you know. And the type of person you are is always going to come out. It's going yeah. to come out. You
1: know? Well, it's a psychology, I feel. Like, if you're going to be an efficient officer, you have to really understand the psychology of just people from all different backgrounds and walks of life. Like, you can't just be in it with a very narrow perspective on, like, what people are, what people do, you yeah. know? And because and, and, the biggest thing for me, too, with police officers, especially in that whole situation, it, you know, we've seen officers get out of hand and, and things get crazy, but it's the fact that there's other officers that are just so blindly loyal to the bullshit you know and yeah. i think that's the thing is it's there's some people like you say it's not everybody's meant to be a police officer i feel for most situations that's the breaking point is like you know who's really going to speak up when the time comes to speak up against the biggest the problem fear.
2: really the big the, to be honest the biggest problem is if you're an officer and you see stuff that's going on that's not cool if you go now and you start bringing this out you could potentially have everybody against you and then you're out
1: yeah, no, I get it. But you that's but it also goes to the, then don't preach if you see something, say something. Yeah. You know, like that's 100%. the thing is I, I feel that's the breaking point is for any officer and people just in general is just holding your peers accountable. You it know, is. It whether you're on the streets or you're in a
2: uniform. You know, the biggest problem and when everything with George Floyd and everything happened, I reached out to NAACP. I reached out to all these. I have a way that we can really fix this situation is by having an independent source independent uh officials independent agency in every police department yeah that doesn't answer to the police department they don't answer to internal affairs mm. they're part of this like a community of some yeah. sort so in in la in orlando in new york they're part of this place that's not part it's a federal agency yeah. but you're not part of the department and now you're doing a review of every single police officer yeah you're looking at all the officers. Oh, this person had these reprimands. Oh, let's take a look at him. Oh, that actually is a scumbag. We need to get him out of here.
1: Yeah, at least like put it through some sort of process to weed out
2: the bullshit. Right, but nobody was interested in that. I reached out to celebrities, no, I, celebrities, sure
1: agencies. But, it's a big job, and it's, and it's expensive. Like, but it needs simple, to be done. I, for sure. You have
2: to have an independent agency in every single police department that can be neutral, And it's really looking out for the community. Yeah. You know, because if you don't have that, now you're having, like, for example, in Minneapolis, when all this stuff happens, and the people, you know, those officers are going to go to court. Who is going to be the people, the district attorney, all these people are connected to the community with the case?
1: They should be, at least. I mean, a lot of times the DAs are connected with the departments. Right. And that's a problem. I mean, I'd say too, like in, in Minneapolis, it's not the only place where the payouts for, like, you know, unrest are just substantial. Like, you look at New York, like, I'd say 70% of the budget is payouts. It's like crazy. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big It's, big it's set. like 500 million or some shit when a the year.
0: Say payouts, like the people that sue and, yeah, yeah like, yeah.
2: Pay. We settle, let's settle with this 70%? people.
1: It's a it's a big. I don't know if it's seventy percent, but yeah, I looked at the budget for New York City, and a huge percentage of the money goes towards paying. It's out. a lot.
2: Wow. It's it's ridiculous. It's, it's a lot. Like if you see it, it's, it's like hundreds of millions yes. of dollars. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. You know, that's so, that's
0: crazy. That's like Target having like a fund for like different employees. That, like it, it'd be like, like if, if stick a shotgun <coughs> in your chest. You know what I mean? Like, it's, can you imagine you if Target?
1: It's like half of Target is empty because of theft. And they're just like, all right, whatever.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> liability, though. But yeah, that's but definitely that, there's definitely a tough
1: there's, range, but. but there's clearly money to go towards it. It's just listening to people like yourself who are actually part of the system but are vocal about it, which is rare.
2: Yeah. You know, I'm always about doing what's right.
1: Yeah. Nah, know, I, and I, mean, I
2: talk about what's right, you know, and I, it doesn't matter really what happens. I'm not going to, you know, it's the truth. Show set us free always, you know. And yeah. when, we, when we do things a certain way because our personal agenda, we're worried about what people are going to think and this and that. What happens is we're allowing these things to build and get worse and worse. And then it gets to a point where we have these things happen.
1: Yeah. You no, know? nah, And it's beyond the breaking point. I mean, we've seen it break a ton of times at this point. Um, but yeah, man, that's crazy. I, like Minneapolis Police Department, of all places <laughs> in the country.
2: Um, yeah, it's, it's, it was a shame to see that, you know, it was definitely a shame. And I, and people that work over there still have friends that work in departments, you know, they, you know, now as a whole, people look at police officers as scumbags, you know, and they're bad people. And, and that's really, a, and that's really a, a problem because the police are, a lot of those guys are good and girls are good and they're sacrificing their family time and their lives to to help us. But it's so skewed that way because of what happened, you know, and it's like, I don't know how that we get back. Well, from I'll that.
1: tell you the truth. I don't think I. I wouldn't even say it's skewed because, in my opinion, like I don't think there's good cops. I think there's good people who are cops, but I don't think it's a job that, like, really enables you to do good things. Like, if the majority of people that speak up against their peers are just isolated or pushed to the side, you're in a position now where it's like you're either gonna do what you're trying to do and be the good person with the uniform or you're going to be a good person but put on the uniform and compromise your morals for whatever result, you know, or whatever benefit.
2: Yeah, it's that, really the culture of the department. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's yeah, that's, and that's, that that's what the it problem comes down to. You,
1: You're not in a position where even if you're a good person, you can't be a good cop to some extent without really putting your career in jeopardy.
2: Yeah, I well, think there are some departments that, you know, there are some some cities and some departments where it's not like that, you know, as a whole, but obviously there is there is that, <laughs> you know, yeah, so it just makes it tough. It's just a tough topic, you know, it really yeah.
1: is, you know. Well, yeah. anyway, we. I mean, we get off topic for here, <laughs> <Yeah>. but
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's super. I just like, I mean, it, it's podcast, you know, i will go forever. <laughs> no,
2: but- no, it, that, that's, <laughs> that is interesting, you know, those connections that I've had to all those things, you know. Yeah, so, you've yeah. seen a lot of shit. Yeah, I've been through a lot. I've seen a lot of stuff, you know, and... So now, what, what's the breaking
1: point for the change? Like, cause I mean, I heard that yeah, you were yeah. able to then cure this Crohn's, which is like, you can't cure Crohn's. Yeah, like, definitely, definitely not cure
2: <laughs> because there's no such word as cure. And then we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. But so right around now, 2012, I'm feeling great. My life is good. I'm getting all these job opportunities. You know, um, my, my director walks into, you know, the office one day is like, Hey, Trevor, they want you across the street, you know? To be the you know in charge of security over there, they pretty much said they want you, you just have to accept the job. And so now I have this huge opportunity. I'm not sure exactly which way I'm gonna go with my life. And I make the decision to have some lactose-free milk one morning. I that done. triggered everything for me. Wow. That triggered everything for me. What do you mean triggered? I started feeling sick again it's after like that. He ate a grenade. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, if you've ever been sick, if you ever if you guys ever really felt sick and you know you've had have, have this problem. When you get like something kind of triggered, you know it's coming back. Damn. And I knew it was coming. I was in denial. And it just kept coming. It kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then in a few months, I really couldn't go to work no more. Damn. I, got, I had to turn the job down. i had to end up going back to Florida. You were in Target at this point? No, I was at the Science Museum in Minnesota. and yeah. in, in Minneapolis. So I, I would have been paid. I was, man. And, and I got separated from my family. You know, yeah. My wife was supposed to go with me to Florida. Now my, my, my parents are helping me because I'm just struggling so bad. And um, a year later now, I'm on disability. I can't walk. I can't eat. Oh. I'm down from 180 to 120. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to die again. I'm it's like, like I'm
1: repeating. Yeah, yeah, it's the
2: cycle, the cycle, you know. So I'm in the ER now and I'm in the hospital and the doctors basically say, Trevor, we just have to take the rest of your colon out. Oh, shit. We got to take the rest of it out. And I'm like, well, what, what's the chances it's going to help me? Well, we don't know. We have to do it and see what happens. Damn. So I'm like, no. There has to be something else, because if we do that for me, that's it. Like, it's that's, over. Yeah, that's, the, that's yeah. you know, I lost. I lost <laughs> the battle. You know, so I say, you know, is there anything else we can do? And he's like, oh, there's a trial. You know, but even before that, the doctor came in to do my colonoscopy, talked to me about it, and I said, hey, can you just make sure you go really slow and be really careful? This is my last chance. Damn. I feel like in life, just please take your time so the doctor can do a good surgery. And he said, I've done this a million times. i like go, attitude.
1: Damn, what wow. a dick.
2: Yeah, and I was so sick and so pissed at that time that I, I'm like, okay, Travis, relax. I said, no, honestly, I just really need you to, I know you've done this many times, but please take your time. So I, this is my last chance. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. So I just snapped. I said, man, you just need to get out of my room. That's get out crazy. of my room. Don't come back. I'm done with all you guys. I'm done with the doctors. Call my doctor. Tell him I'm not having surgery. I'll figure this out on my own wow so then the doctor comes to see me he's like trevor no it's not like that you know we're gonna help you and i said no man you guys aren't helping me. you help me survive but you're not helping me live my life this ain't life what i've been going yeah. through i got four years of decent life and i'm back to this again i said no i gotta figure something else well i'm working on this cure if you take you know if you will go on this trial you know it could possibly help you and prove that this is a cure i said what's the chance of getting it getting the the, the drug 50 percent chance so i said there's a 50 percent chance i'm gonna get it And then we don't even know if it's going to work. I said, I'm done with the games, man. I said, just give me the medication. I'll do it on my own. I can't do that. I can't. I said, I'm not doing it. And I went home and I was self-medicating myself for prednisone. I go see the doctor and he was basically saying, if you don't do what we tell you to do, you're going to probably get really sick and might die, even more sick and might die, and I'm going to have to drop you as a patient. And I said, just give me the medication. Just give it to me. And I kept calling him every day for three weeks, kept calling him, kept calling him. I looked up their research on it, and he did have really good success. So I thought in my head, okay, maybe this is a cure. I kept pressing him, give me the medicine, give me the medicine. Three weeks later, I call him. He said, give me that shit. Yeah, I, that was it, right? So I, I kept calling him. Three weeks later, I kept calling him. And he, picked, he finally talked to me. He said, Trevor, just come get your fucking medication. <laughs> and I said, thank you, thank you. So my dad took me over there. We got the medication. You know, I'm at home now, and these antibiotics, and this is where I started. I literally didn't know shit. I thought I could take antibiotics for the rest of my life. I thought I could take these antibiotics, and this would be the cure to heal me, right? So I started taking these antibiotics for like three months, and I'm not getting worse. I'm not getting better. After about three months now, I'm like, this ain't it. This ain't it. I have to figure something else out. So I start studying more. I was studying the gut microbiome. I came across it from my doctor. So what's
1: the gut microbiome? So we have, <laughs> so
2: good question. So we have a microbiome. Our microbiome is all these cells inside and all this bacteria inside and outside our body.
1: All right.
2: So like, for example, when you touch something and you go in your car and you use the hand sanitizer now to clean the bacteria, you're cleaning part of your natural microbiome that you get from stuff that protects us. Got you. So it's actually counterproductive to use hand sanitizer because you're also, mm-hmm. you need it to protect you, right? So, but you also have bacteria inside of you all throughout your entire body and especially the gut. So I was reading that this gut microbiome, this gut ecology and bacteria, the doctors felt like it, the scientists felt like this was now the major manipulator of our health. Wow. And I was like, oh shit. So this must be how the antibiotics work to to my doctor saying, this is the cure is killing this bacteria. So this has to be something. So I'm saying, okay. This gut microbiome makes sense. It makes sense that the bacteria. My I must have an imbalance of bacteria. I've taken all these drugs, all these antibiotics. My shit is definitely off. So I said, okay, how can I figure it out? So I'm like on PubMed. I'm studying. I'm desperate. I'm away from my kids. I can't even see my kids because I'm having issues with my wife, and I'm struggling. Like I'm depressed. You know, before this, I tried to kill myself twice. Damn. You know, I had my gun. I tried to shoot myself, and you know, nothing. You know, like.
1: What's your take on the Second Amendment now? Because you've had a lot of guns around you. <laughs> you no, know, definitely
2: we we should be allowed to to carry to have okay. guns, you know, safely and stuff like that. Nah, you
1: just have called your just call, her this wild, <laughs> yeah, right. call her back, right? Hey, yeah, go, go ahead back to Disney, job. Universal, whatever. <laughs> finish the
2: job, but Splish, splash, splash. <laughs> but you know, but but out, uh, but you know. Thank God that, you know, the gun didn't work properly and I didn't die. You know, I tried, I tried to kill myself. So what happened?
0: Wait, no, just don't skip over that. What did you, what, what, how did you do that? Like, and how did you fail?
2: So basically I pulled the trigger. Okay. And nothing happened. What? Yeah, nothing happened. It was loaded. The Damn. clip was in there and everything. I pulled the trigger and nothing happened. I wrote my note and everything. So you weren't supposed to die. But yeah, so then the next day I'm like, I was thinking like, how am I going to kill myself? Because I wake up tomorrow, it's going to be the same pain, the same struggle. I cannot go through this. I, it's like a struggle, you know. So I said, how am I going to kill myself where it's not painful? So I said, okay, well I'm going to take the car. My parents even go to work the next day. I'm going to take the car, go in the garage, take twelve Benadryl, you know, <laughs> put the window, put the window down, and die from know, poisoning. So I took the, I took the Benadryl, I passed out, and I woke back up. Damn. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like. You took Benadryl. Yeah, twelve Benadryl you to they just knock fall out. asleep and 12, then die and like then die from the poison. Or no, 12, 12, pills. twelve pills. Twelve pills.
1: Twelve bottles. It's like twelve hundred Benadryl. Oh I would have
2: died for sure if I did that. Oh my
1: god. So, <laughs> yeah,
2: so yeah. So I wake back up and I'm like so sick now. Oh, like I'm feeling like shit. It takes me days to recover. I'm just like, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm not supposed to die. You know, let me really try to go in and try to figure this stuff out. So that's what I did, and that took me to that process. So three months with the antibiotics, studying about the gut microbiome, how to balance it. So I said, okay, these antibiotics, they not working. Start studying and studying and studying more. Scientists are saying probiotics are the key, probiotics. So I said, okay, let me get the most expensive, most uh, highest CFUs, what's, refrigerated.
0: What's the difference between probiotics and…
2: So antibiotics kill everything. Yeah. They nuke everything, right? Probiotics are healthy bacteria that have a benefit for the body. So supposedly, these help to balance your gut out.
1: They help you, like, digest and shit.
2: Yeah, so that's, like, the big thing. But what's interesting, there's all these probiotics out there, but nobody is saying, oh, take this probiotic, back, to heal yourself." You don't know anyone who healed yeah. themselves from a probiotic, right? Yeah. You don't nah. know nobody, right? No. So the scientists have been saying forever that we know this is the number one manipulator of your health, but we don't know how to use it. The problem is they say, oh, this one strain is so great. They'll study this, the, some scientists will... Take this now, and they try to create this this probiotic strain that doctors try to use. The doctors have no clue how to use the probiotics, right? It's crazy. It is. So I'm literally experimenting now and saying, okay, let me try this probiotic. I don't know how to take it. It's the directions, the studies, you know, the research, there's no clear nothing. <laughs> so I just get the most expensive one. I take it now, and I'm getting more sick Damn. than I was on the antibiotics. I'm like, fuck, I'm getting more sick? Like, what the hell? I know I'm getting there, but this is just – it's not it so i said okay do my research do my research now i get back to fermented foods sauerkraut kimchi stuff like that when i'm looking at it the probiotics only had a couple of strains and i know from what i'm looking at there's so many strains in the body and you know di- diversity is key yeah if you're trying to make money with your portfolio you need diversity right mm-hmm. so obviously diversity in the gut is where it is right yeah. so i said okay so first of all I'm just putting maybe too much in my gut with the probiotics and not enough diversity. So then I look at the fermented food. It has a little more diversity, but it doesn't look like it's going to be strong enough. I'm not sure, right? So I try it. So I try the sauerkraut first, and I'm just killing the sauerkraut, killing the sauerkraut. And I get even more worse. I, I get even and even worse, worse. And I'm like, Damn. shit, I, this looks like it has to work. Why am I getting more sick from using this? What I find out is... A bottle of sauerkraut equals like eight bottles of probiotics. Damn. So I'm like, now I'm really flooding my body with too much. You know, I didn't understand the stuff then. And even before that, I skipped the main one. Even before I went from the antibiotics to the probiotics, I found this thing called fecal transplant.
1: That sounds crazy. Have you heard fecal? this? Nope.
2: Fecal, fecal trans- transplant. That shit sounds crazy. crazy. That shit <laughs> is crazy, literally. It, uh, so they take the poop out of a healthy person. Nope. They transplant it into your nope. gut. No. And this, they're showing the test, the no. the, the, the clinical studies showing that these people are getting better because that bacteria that's healthy in a healthy person, you put in your gut, it changes the your gut ecology. That's where do you enter With through yeah. the back door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they have like pills and stuff, you know, like all these different things. So I was I was gonna go do that. I was like eight thousand, but when I was looking at the people, you know, using my criminal justice degree, when I was looking at the people that said they were healed. They were going back like four or five months later and paying again to have it done. So it wasn't sustainable. And I said, you know, I'm not going to go through the same thing to be back to square one and not really get, figure this out. So I kept moving along, moving along, moving along. Fermented foods were just too much. So I said, I need to find a way to deliver this to my body in a smaller amount where I can control it, where I'm able to have an effect on my body. So – you guys remember watching Rocky, Rocky four. IV? Yeah. Ivan Drago. Mm-hmm. So ever since I was a kid, I saw that. I said, dang, these Russian guys are strong as hell. You know, and growing up. Man, vodka. <laughs> and then growing up, and then growing up, I'd always see like Russian people and like the women, the guys, they always look so healthy. Yeah. You know, so that stuck with me, right? So I was reading this, this research paper, and it talked about how in Russia, they gave the soldiers for the army kefir, kefir. And they gave it to keep their immune system strong when they went to war. And right away, right or wrong, because of Ivan Drago and Rocky, I said, shit, that's it. Hmm. It's the kefir. So then I went on this mission to find kefir in the store they sell. It's and not what the year same. This? this was 2013. Okay,
0: so there was really nobody knew what the fuck kefir was at all.
2: Like people knew because this is the oldest staple of health. Okay. And this is the number one food of the Mediterranean diet. But it's kind fermented of like kombucha dairy. And wow. stuff like that. Kombucha is uh, only has a couple of strains. Okay. Kefir has a lot of strains. The science has shown 60 strains now. But it's not just a probiotic, it's a prebiotic. It has healthy fats, it has vitamins and minerals.
0: That's it's what packed. I understand. Like, prebiotic is what?
2: Prebiotic is really feeding the healthy bacteria. It's, it's really plant based foods, if you want to simplify it. So, so it's, it's food fiber. food
0: for your probiotic?
2: Yep, it's food for the healthy. Bacteria in your gut. So it if feeds you
0: it. don't take prebiotic, your probiotics are not really working as
2: well. Exactly. So that's why the vegans and plant based diet is so good, gotcha. because you're eating the fiber that feeds the healthy bacteria. But if you go on a vegan diet, you don't have enough healthy bacteria in your gut to feed it to allow you to get over the hump of flipping your gut ecology. And this is what I've learned through the through the time. So I was able to find the kefir from a lady and you know by the beach and stuff. I got it. I started experimenting with it and taking just a teaspoon of it and doing other things too, cutting out certain foods and stuff like that. And within the first week, I started going to the bathroom West like 15 times. That's and late. I was like, holy shit. That's late. I think I'm onto something here. I said, I'm going to keep doing this. A month later, I'm down to like
0: 10 times. Gotta go keep I'm not
2: sweating at night. huh? You gotta
0: go keep seeing that lady by the beach.
2: Yeah. So I got it. I was drinking it <laughs> and I was doing, you know, I wasn't eating gluten, dairy, you know, um, I wasn't eating sugar. You know, I was really watching what I was eating. I was working on my stress, all these different things. So I stayed on that. A month later, you know, down to 10 times. Now, after like three and a half, four months, all my symptoms are gone. That's lit. Everything.
1: Wow. And you just keep up with the diet?
2: Yeah, the diet, the kefir was my main food, like probiotic for my gut.
1: That's healthy. Wild.
2: And I reversed everything, man. I had really bad inflammation in all my joints. like wow. My eye on this side was always red. Um, I gained all my weight back. Wow. All my symptoms are gone. I was using the bathroom one time a day now. No That's blood, wild. anything. And I'm like, oh, man, I think I found something here. So what
0: else were you doing besides the keyboard?
2: Yeah, so I was getting sleep. I was resting. I was, wasn't was eating any processed, package, any sugar because sugar feeds the bad bacteria in your gut. So you can't eat bad food like sugar yeah. and processed food. You have to eat nutrition. Yeah. You have to add nutritious stuff to your body. To allow your body to new, to now change, you know, we can get into the deep science of it, you know, but it's really just adding the bacteria, feeding the bacteria, giving your body what it needs to heal, allowing that forward momentum to happen every single day, every single day, without sabotaging your own health. And your body wants to heal itself, anyways. Yeah. So when you give it what it wants, and you get all the vitamins and minerals your body wants, it's going to. We're perfect specimens. We're made to heal, you know. So that's what I was able to do. And after I did that, I said, you know what? I go to my doctor now and I said, I'm going to my doctor. I said, I think we have a way to change the world. I think we can help everybody in the world heal. You know, disease starts in the gut. So now I'm so excited, like shaking, driving to go see him. And Mm -hmm. I go to his office and uh, I get to the office and he doesn't want to come out and see me. He's thinking that I'm sick again. You know, he's (laughs) going want uh, to- Give
1: me the drug. Yeah, (laughs) he wants me to save him (laughs) or something give so me he, the
2: drug so he comes out now and he sees me and he looks at me and i'm like shaking i'm like so excited right and he comes out and he sees me and he looks at me and he's like what did you do and i said man i figured out how to reverse you know not uh, uh crohn's disease i figured out how to heal myself <laughs> yeah and so now my doctor is one of the top doctors in the world you know he has he has he has That's idea wild. for the cure and all this stuff and oh, um uh,
1: <laughs> so, go so i go goals. so
2: i said what you have to do is balance the gut microbiome you can use this food and it's by building up the gut bacteria like i have a way to, to i showed him all my science i wow. i had everything I, I used the scientific method they taught us in like seventh grade that's why because i said i want to have proof you know so somebody they can't say oh you're full of shit or whatever yeah. right? so i give it to him and he goes no man it don't work like that <laughs> well, I, here,
0: this was 2013. Yeah. So that's pretty progressive thinking for you. Like, the, none of this information was really mainstream at all. No, it's it wasn't. Gut mainstream.
2: health didn't exist. You yeah. could, there was no Instagram. So gut how health. did
0: you figure this shit out? <laughs> like, you, I it's, mean, I know you were pressed up against it, right? Literally, but like,
2: I'm in PubMed. I'm on the research. I'm on the science. I'm studying this shit day yeah. and night. I'm trying to get back to my kids. I'm trying to get my life back. Yeah. My parents are stressing me. They're like, you know. You gave yourself this disease. Like, it was crazy, man. Like, it was just yeah. too much. It's either do or die for me. Well, know? it
1: sounds like everything worked out. So you just, you've been keeping up with that ever since. and So far, it's been... So
2: this is what happened. The doctor says, you know, There's, it doesn't work like this. And I said, yeah, it does. He said, how do you explain it? He said, well, you must have used some sort of witchcraft. <laughs>
0: Your doctor told me
2: that. Yeah. And, you know, that turned me off from doctors.
0: You, you and I said where.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That turned me off. I said, man, these doctors are all full of shit. It's a scam. They're not out it's here crazy. to help nobody. So I just basically went back to my life. I am still in disability because I said, I don't know if this is going to be the answer, right? Yeah. So I said, I don't want to get off it because it was so hard to get on it. So 2017 now, you know, I'm going about my life, trying to live the American dream again. And um, I'm at work. And I'm waiting for my shift to change. And now I feel like I just have... The worst pain i've ever had in my life and Damn. i've had crazy shit i've been through five hours later now i'm at the hospital i'm at the er and it's a whole crazy story even getting to the er i get to the er the, you know they check me out you have to have surgery right away and i'm like F-. and i mean i'm <laughs> i'm in so much pain
0: they just want to
2: cut i'm energy. in so yeah. much pain <laughs> that <laughs> he's like like, we need to cut this guy yeah. open. <laughs> I was in so much pain that I thought I was dreaming. Damn. I'm trying to put myself back to sleep. You know, I went back to my house tried to sleep. Like, all sorts of stuff. So you were oh, tripping man. out. It's yeah, I, I, I couldn't process the pain, you know. So now, I'm, you know, I'm at the doctor and I have surgery again. I wake up from the surgery. Ostomy bag.
1: Damn. And
2: I am fucking pissed. Like, I'm so mad. I'm like, I had a way to reverse the disease. Here I am. Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. The doctor tells me that because of the previous surgery I had in 2008, the scar tissue where they reconnected me at grew, caused a blockage, wow. and my gut exploded.
1: So oh, they shit. fucked you up. Damn. They fucked them up.
2: Damn. So you See that shit, James? So for a oh, week, man. I'm in the hospital. For a week, I'm blaming <sighs> the doctors. Oh, these fucking doctors, you know, this and that. Blaming everybody but myself. After about a week, I realized, you know what, Trevor? You're, you're, you're the problem. If you would have took your head out your ass, went to the doctors, got the colonoscopies every year like you're supposed to, Damn. did more, looking into this stuff yourself from the beginning instead of relying on the doctors, it's not the doctors' fault. They just didn't have the information, they didn't understand. They're getting information from the scientists. The doctor is really the middleman. That's crazy. You knew
0: more about the doc- uh, more about what was going on in your body right. than the doctors
2: did. Right. And I had this relationship with God my entire life. You know, I have tattoos, crosses, hands praying, all this stuff, and. I really was religious early in my life, but because of all this stuff I went through, I said, there can't be a God. How can there be a God if I'm going through all this, right? So I kept questioning and questioning. And when I was there in the hospital, I realized something. I realized I had a purpose. I had a way to help people. And this was really God just testing me, seeing if I was really up for the challenge, really. And I said, when I get out of here, I'm going to do this full time. And I'm going to help people. I'm going to teach them that there is a way that you can reverse disease in the body. You can help yourself by balancing your gut out. So from 2017 to literally, you know, earlier this year, it was a challenge of not going back to the mainstream, not working like that nine to five, struggling, sacrificing to keep pushing to get this stuff out there and get this out there. And it finally got to a point where now I'm recognized. People know what I do. I work with thousands of people, thousands of people across the world. For a year and a half, I worked for free for people, helping people that were going to commit suicide, had no help from their doctors, nothing and got them help them help themselves by teaching them how their health actually works the fundamentals of the mind body planet the gut microbiome the gut brain access because if you have mental health issues that's connected to your gut you know so it's at a point now where i anyone comes to me and says you're full of shit they can't because the doctors now are trying to do what i'm doing but they don't have to figure out so i can help if you have problems with your gut I can teach you how you can help yourself. And if we work with your doctor, now you can really get it. And when I leave you, just like the gentleman that I'm working with here that flew me up from Orlando, I've been here three three weeks. He basically has access to the best doctors. And he went to doctor, to doctor, to doctor, to doctor. Surgery, surgery, surgery. Not getting better. The doctors couldn't tell him what's wrong with him exactly. He flew me up here on a Tuesday. By the Thursday, when we left, I brought him here and we left and we got out to the car. He looked at me and said, "Trevor, I can't believe it. I feel completely different, man. Like you really changed my life."
0: Yeah, wild. I, 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 he came in with you, and then like I know I've met you before that, and when I met him with you, I, I, he was just you were like God to him, and it was like <laughs> it was amazing. And that was the second guy too. Like yeah, they, they swore by you, and that yeah. was like. This, this, you
1: know, must be
0: real. Like I, I'm not gonna lie. I thought you we were a little bit full of shit too. Yeah, I get
2: you know people. I get he was, that. but yeah. he wasn't full of
1: shit. He was full yeah, of yeah. shit.
0: Well, he was full of shit. Full of shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's <laughs> yeah, an awesome story. Like
1: nah, that's I wild. Feel like
0: you now feel like you have this obligation to. Yeah, I do. Them. You
2: know, I, I sacrifice even this year. You know, just to help people, help people, help people. People came to me no money. I got a guy in India right now that he was gonna kill himself. You know, he crazy. reached out to everybody and nobody wanted to help him because he didn't have money. So I helped him for free, yeah. you know, because there's people like that and they're going to have no help. So
0: how do you help somebody like that? Like Zoom? And-
2: yeah. I, Instagram. I help yeah. people. Over, I have people all over. I help through the internet, you know, That's wild. and um, I don't tell anybody what to do because if I tell you what to do, first of all, I'll go to jail. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Second of all, if I tell you what to do and you heal yourself, if you go back and you live and you do the things that got you sick again. And you don't understand what happened, what's the point? Yeah, you've got to want to do it. What's the yeah. point? So I teach you how to heal your body, the important things, how to eat. And you understand how to do it. So when I leave, like when I leave this guy now, shy, when I leave him, he doesn't need to go hire a health expert again. He is the health expert. I helped him. I helped his mother-in-law. I helped his wife. I helped his daughters and the dog.
1: Wow. <laughs>
2: what's the
0: hardest part about, like, getting people to change? Like, what, what do you think people
2: yeah, the hardest part really when I started was trying to get people to understand I have to make all these changes straight away, yeah. and it's just impossible. Like it's oh too gosh. much to do by like changing your diet, waking up early in the morning, meditating because meditating is so important. Breath work, it, all of these things are important. It's not just the diet. It the diet's time. actually the diet's actually just one little part of it. Yeah. The mindset, you know. So what I'll do is we work together. We'll meditate together, and in the meditation, I'll talk to you about your health and how you can control and how you can do it. Now, when you come out to meditation, you're not going to be, oh, I think I can do it. You know you can do it. Yeah, you like understand. And you just start doing it. Yeah. You know, and you do one thing at a time. You get up in the morning, you do breath work. You breathe. You meditate. You turn off the fight or flight. You feed your gut bacteria right away. It's like when you go fishing, you go early in the morning because the fish bite, your gut bugs are the most active in the morning. So if you feed them right away in the morning, you don't do honey and lemon or all these things people talk about. You feed the bacteria and add bacteria. Now you're helping your health. You meditate. You go outside and ground.
0: So like I don't I, – I fast a lot and, and it's not really on purpose. It's just I just sometimes forget to eat and like yeah. I'll go all day and then I'll eat at like 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. Is that a good thing or a bad Absolutely
2: thing? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So it's it's not a bad, bad. thing. Yeah, because your body's wants nutrition all the time. Yeah, he's saying you
1: want to feed it. You, you need to take it the most
2: important thing you have to do for your body is take care of your bacteria in your gut. Because if you don't have the right amount of gut, um, bacteria and the right ratio of good to bad, your body cannot function properly. It's simply impossible, and that dictates the functions of everything. You want to be in a good mood. You need good gut bacteria because you build that that dopamine that serotonin. It comes most of it's from your gut. Yeah. And when you have that bacteria balance, you have those good thoughts. When people have mental health issues and depression, they don't have that. Their gut health is out of whack. Yeah. Autism, you know, you know when kids now, when their parents don't eat right, when their mom doesn't eat right and they give birth to this child, they don't feed the child right. And their body, their bacteria and stuff is not in a good place and they get a vaccination. It's going to lead to autism because their body mind. cannot handle the vaccination. How can you take a, such a strong vaccine if your body's not healthy? Like we took vaccines, you know, vaccine, My parents, you know, people my age, we didn't have autism. We didn't have these issues. Well, that's you know? an
0: interesting way to look at it. It's I the food really and everything. It like that. It's almost like a one-size-fits-all vaccine for everybody, and everybody's not the same.
2: No, because you have to be healthy. You know, 30 years ago, the food was different. Now, is it food we're eating? No. Like when you you you're telling your friends, oh, my food's organic. Guess what? Your food's supposed to be organic. Yeah. You know? So
0: that was normal.
2: Yeah, so we're changing now. There's like, you know, artificial meat that they're cloning. Like, it's it's getting us away from what our body needs. Our body, first and foremost, needs nutrition. It needs real food. It needs, we got to take care of ourselves. We got to take care of our gut. You know? You have to connect with nature. You know, if you just go outside in the sun, that interacts with your gut ecology, your gut bugs, and helps you become healthy. Like vitamin D, it's not a vitamin, it's a hormone, a hormone regulator. Like if you take vitamin D before you go to sleep, it's one of the best things you can do. What it does, it allows your brain stem to switch into this paralysis, this REM, right? Now you're in this deep ability to heal yourself in this REM, it draws your B vitamins and it uses that to heal yourself. But most people are low on vitamin D. They're low in B vitamins. Yeah. The vegans are, you know, how can it be a complete diet if you have to supplement with B12? Right.
0: That, well, that's that's yeah. a part you know? about being vegan that wow. I don't understand. It's not really normal.
2: It's yeah, well, normal veganism way. is actually the new conventional medicine. It's, they took people from term. conventional medicine it's to so now blocking. veganism. It's because if right? <laughs> huh?
0: Short term. Yes, yes. You, you can't can, say vegan forever, right?
2: You can if you understand how to take care of your body. Like you can take B supplement B12 supplements and be healthy. But most people don't understand how to be a vegan. And if you're sick, and you try to be a vegan, you don't have the bacteria in your gut. And if you're just feeding it, you're not feeding that much to get you to turn the corner because you have stress from everything. Food, antibiotics, you know, all these different things. So you can't get to that point. So how many vegans do you know that have healed themselves from disease? Tell me, do you know any? no no but if you asked any vegan that is healthy that had a disease they'll say yeah i'm healthy are you eating anything can you eat everything no i'm on a restricted diet yeah so you're not healed you're living a modified lifestyle nobody should have to live modified you know so this family was actually vegan and i don't i don't try to change anybody to be non-vegan they're not vegan anymore yeah
0: what are they vegetarian and pescatarian like? No,
2: they're they eat now. They're eating meat. They're eating yeah. chicken and everything. You wow. Know? Because they understand how to use the tools for health now. So, so they cut out
0: other things like bread and sugar and stuff like
2: that. Yeah, yeah, like bread, white bread is bad for your body. Sourdough bread is really healthy. Yeah. Yeah, it has a bacteria. Yeah, it's made like from scratch. Right? Yeah, it has a bacteria that helps your gut. As a matter of fact, if a mom is breastfeeding and she eats sourdough bread, it has a bacteria L. Rooteri in it that goes directly to the breast when the baby drinks the milk. It now goes into the body and it helps defend four generations from breast cancer.
1: is it because of the fermentation of like sourdough yes. bread?
0: And the bacteria.
1: Yeah, it's a long fermentation.
0: Yeah. Everything yeah. in the feel like goes back to fermentation. It goes
2: back remember your grandma, your grandma, they yeah. all had those food in a jar, we're like, oh we're yeah, yeah. not eating that shit that looks nasty. But that they knew that traditions are getting
1: lost now. You make sourdough starter; it's got to sit on the counter like seven days. You got to let it rise and fall. You got to feed it. It's like you're really trying to let, like all of that, the bacteria. That is food
2: is medicine. That's the old medicine. What we're doing now for the last 150 years, nobody's healing from medicine; it's managing, and the doctors are practicing.
0: Well, how long have refrigerators been on? I feel like that changed (laughs) the game. For a lot of that, stuff. yeah, but
2: before a refrigerator, you just in wintertime just stick it in the snow, you stick it in the ice. Yeah. Well, things
0: fermented naturally, right? Yeah, yeah, so but they don't ferment in the refrigerator.
1: No, yes, it but well, it's outside. manipulating it yeah. too. Like, you know, there's certain things you manipulate it, it's going to be stronger,
2: Yep. yeah. So and that's like, the key, everybody don't... should be fermenting, they should be making yeah. their own food at home as much as they can. You know, like you go to the store and buy almond milk, most of the almond milk has like six almonds in it, yeah, and it's just like. You're paying $7 for it, you know? That's crazy. It's crazy. You go to the store, most of us go to the store. How many of you guys shop in every aisle? Yeah,
1: all
2: we're. I, we're, we're I, I don't. But usually we skip most of the aisles of the grocery store. Yeah. Because we know, oh, damn, that's, you know. So
1: what do you like? You prepare your own food, like 100%.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll buy stuff from the grocery store. The biggest thing you have to learn is to read food labels. And if somebody's healthy, then you don't have to live like a saint. You, live and, you eat stuff in moderation. Yeah. If you want to eat something that you know is not good for you, eat in moderation. But which, like
1: even at the store, not to cut you off, but there's like you have things like yogurt that you would think are like really good, like they're fermented and it's complete trash. You know where it's like if you make your own yogurt, you're gonna have a lot more, I assume, bacteria.
2: Yes, because what happens is they make the yogurt and then they pasteurize and they kill everything, yeah. they kill it, all. and then they add. St- Bacteria back to it
1: but then Do you like Proof your food Like you like You leave a lot of food To like extended periods of time And
2: No so I will buy it There's a yogurt in the grocery store Siggy's yogurt That's oh, okay. actually the same recipe The Vikings use So the Vikings make kefir
1: Got you So there's certain stuff that they...
2: Yeah yeah There's a lot of healthy food In the grocery store But there's a lot of Not food in the yeah. grocery store So if you go And you <laughs> Yeah If you look at the labels You can go to, You can go and just look at the labels And make educated choices And get really good food yeah. And you avoid stuff. Then you add stuff that you know is healthy. If you're going to eat something that's inflammatory, eat an avocado with it. It, I, it. I feel
1: like we could go all night with things to do, <laughs> for real. Like, he could get, drop a lot of gems. We have to have him come back.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. No, you know, sure. We could so, do something online from Orlando, you know. We could do once a month, you know. Yeah, get, well, how do
1: people, it? like, if somebody specifically listens to this and they could relate and they have an issue, how do people reach out to you? Like, are you overwhelmed with clients? Are you...
2: I Always. do get a lot of messages and I try to reach out to as many people as possible. Um, they just read they can reach out to me through my Instagram, Crohn's Crusaders. Okay. Um and that's the main way. My information, everything is there. They can just reach out to me there and just send me a message and the way I work is I work I have a three week online program where I teach everybody all the fundamentals. Like when you're done this program, you understand what you need to go to the doctor and ask for. You understand how your vitamin, and mineral makeup, what you need to get. Um, You know, you're grounding, you're meditating, you're using everything. And literally, you're doing a once a year tune-up of your body like you would with a car with bacteria and certain foods and stuff like that. Or I'll go directly to your home for three weeks and I'll work with you every single day. And then when I leave, you're good to go. He's like the
1: Crohn's David Goggins, bro.
2: (laughs) So, you know, the thing is I started with Crohn's, but I moved now to everything. You know, I use bacteria to help people lose weight significantly. Wow. I work with this guy right now in less than three months. He's lost 100 pounds. What? Yeah, and we didn't focus on losing weight. We focused on the mind, the mindset, gut-brain access. If you want to get wow. bigger, like if you want to get stronger, you can use bacteria. Like, for example, if you want to – anyone listening to this, they want to gain more muscle mm-hmm. and they work out all the time, simply mm-hmm. take kombucha, which James has here. Okay. There. Yep. Sip two ounces of kombucha with every time you have protein, every time. And don't change your workout at all. In two months, you'll gain – somewhere from seven to 10 pounds of muscle. What wow. does that do? Doing nothing. What it does, you know, <laughs> exactly. So I, I found a way to get everywhere with everything You're about to get across. Swallowed. David's about to get swallowed. I took Bruce Lee's uh, ideology of be like water and fit into everywhere because when I first started, I had a lot of walls. People were trying to keep me out, you know, of a different place. So I said, I'm going to get to everywhere and learn everything with the bacteria. So the way it works is we normally think you can only absorb about 25 grams of protein, right? But if you take your protein shake with the kombucha because of certain bacteria, it breaks it down, helps your body absorb more protein.
0: Wow! So it makes it more nitri- like
2: absorbable. Yeah, yeah, more ac- more available to the body. So just that alone, you gain more.
0: Like a micronutrient.
2: Yeah, trippy. Yeah, it breaks it down.
0: Creatine is really
2: hard to break down. It's very trippy. Uh, my research right now—I haven't experimented with creatine, but I'm—you know—I'm starting to get into all these different areas. There's so many. For example, if you run a mile. And you want to run that mile faster, there's a breathing technique that you can do where basically you, you're you super exhausted, right? And you trick your body into breathing back normally in like one second and you're able to go further. So when I work with people, I say they run a mile in seven minutes. The next time they run the mile, it's like 6.30. Damn. They fast as shit. Yeah. <laughs> so you
1: trick it
0: like you just make pretend like you're just breathing normally?
2: Yeah. So, How do you do that? So you're super exhausted. right? Yeah. So then you take this breath in, it's two breaths in, you go,
1: Yeah you like trip it out.
2: And then you come out of it and you're back to normal. Now it's if your body can keep up or not, if you have in shape you are. But yeah, I work with people all the time. They're like, no, no, I said just try it. And they'll hit me back. You see, but I have this on Instagram, you know. So it's like a hack. Yeah, it's It's a a hack. -hack. I found it. Yeah, so my other page is biohack and everything okay so literally if you want to get bigger faster strong i worked with athletes that you know they say there's nothing you can do for me trevor (laughs) i said okay let's work for a little bit they lose more fat they get faster they're breaking the records for all their lifts you know it's
1: wow they're gaining more muscle
2: you know so literally now i'm working into every field you know because you know it's cool i'm really trying to push my mind and see what's possible and Every single thing that I've checked with nature that we thought was bullshit is turning out to be true. Yeah. That's every awesome. Thing. So nature is really my greatest teacher. Nah, I love it. Everything goes back to
0: nature, right? I Absolutely. Mean, every, if it doesn't feel like normal and it doesn't happen in nature, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. You know, like one hundred percent. That's what I think. But I
1: Those ladies weren't lying. This is a crazy story.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But it's the most important thing that people understand that they can control their health. They can use use the fundamentals to really go back to those ancient traditions. You know, like the Mediterranean diet, fermented dairy is the main staple of the diet, but nobody knows that. Wow. But they should know that. They should know that, you know. And it's really just eating right, really thinking about what you're doing. And when you go to your doctor, you shouldn't go in there blindly saying, okay, doc, tell me, what do I need to do? Yeah. You should be the that that the chief I of staff of do, yeah. your health, you know? And it's a team. You guys work as a team, you know? So that's what I'm trying to help people do, empower, motivate, and inspire them to take their life back and really do things differently. Coronavirus has been really tough for everybody, but it's really helped a lot of people to wake up, to wake up. Yeah, and now we're having a huge shift. So now there's more opportunity, you know? So I'm excited. You know, it's – Things are just getting, you know. I'm blessed, blessed. Even though I went through this hell, I went through hell, but I'm blessed to be here and be able to help all these people, you know. So. Yeah, it's wild. You never know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you went through it all, man. Like you almost died like eight times. (laughs) No, over twenty, over
2: over twenty-five times, man. Over twenty-five times, almost been killed or died. Really? Yeah. All right, we gotta talk about this. We appreciate you, man. Yeah, Yeah, thanks thanks for having us so much. Absolutely, my Thank pleasure. Thank you so
0: much for coming to and, uh,
2: Yeah, thanks for, thanks for the connection. Yeah, no, it was I so love though. this place. like Floatopia, honestly, the float, it's amazing. I, I tell my clients in the tri-state area, like you have to come over here. You have to do it because it helps you cut off that fight or flight, and it also helps your body heal. Yeah. Is this the first time you floated when you got here? Yes, the very first time. And it was awesome. one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. I'm definitely adding it in. To my routine because yeah. I believe in using everything, using all the tools, you know. All right,
0: well, yeah. If you uh, have any clients up here, let's uh work together. thank you for doing this. You're uh, you're, you're inspiring. It's definitely thank you. uh, it's been an informative podcast. If you like, nice to say the like least, a lot of people learned a lot of stuff. Uh,
1: of this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah,
1: yeah. Make sure y'all check out the cave
2: case man.
0: Yeah, check out the cave cast from Photopia, and tell it's us where to find you again.
2: You can find me on Instagram, Crohn's Crusaders. You can find me on Instagram, biohack everything. And I'm on TikTok too. TikTok. Oh. Biohack. TikTok. Hey. Tick, TikTok. Biohack everything too. Okay.
1: So. Well, <laughs> still, trying
2: to, still trying to figure out
1: TikTok and oh, how to work it, but I, I got love you. it. I love it. Oh, man. Well, well, thanks so much, man.
2: Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.